Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we have big brands and bigger deals. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on big brands like BF Goodrich, Dunlop, Michelin, Continental, Pirelli and more. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Test and apply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We are powered by Race Fuels here. My name's Grant Rowley. Huge episode of Parked Up to preview the opening round of the 2023 Repco Supercars Championship. The full interview with Mark Larkham and Mark Fogarty a little later on but let's kick it off with my good old mate tony dalberto we can talk about some supercars for a while td how are you bloody good mate i am so excited that supercars are back this weekend uh at newcastle you know there's so much excitement around the gen 3 cars you know what they're going to be like you know who's going to finish the race who's going to be fast (laughs) all this stuff um, we're going to find out finally this weekend. You know, there's all this parody chat, all this crap. This weekend, all the rubbish stops. Yeah. And we get to get a true picture of who's fast, who's not, who's done the work. And uh, we get to kick off the season. So super excited, mate. How are mm. you? Yeah, good. Good, thank you. Looking forward to getting up to Newcastle and see how it's kind of all going to go. The uh, the 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 great thing is there's just so many unknowns. And we're going to find out... A, a few answers to what 2023 has in store and what Gen 3 might mean for us over the next few years. I don't know if Newcastles are going to be a great representation of, you know, a, a true form guide because, well, one, it's the first time that these cars are going out. So who knows what's going to happen? And uh, who knows uh, that, you know, this the circuit is just so brutal and unforgiving mm. and there's not a great amount of places to pass. It certainly is a spectacular looking circuit and uh, rewards the brave, but uh, geez, how brave are some of these drivers going to be? You know, are are you thinking that we might see some of them uh, operating between the 90 and 95% effort, uh, effort rate? Uh, You know, no one really putting in absolutely 100, not wanting to throw these things off the wall. Will there be a bit of um, discretion, a lot of discretion rather than uh, an all-out, balls-out lap or or race to uh, to try and pick up an extra few points? Yeah, I don't know what the, uh, the situation is with spares uh, for these cars. Um, they've had a hard enough time just getting on the track for testing and uh, getting to Newcastle. So I'm sure that conversation is going to be had with the teams uh, to maybe look after these things and let's get to the end of the uh, race weekend. Let's gather points and just get through it. Um, but you know what these guys are like. Put a race helmet on, uh, put them into a battle. They can't help themselves. So uh, mm-hmm. I think we'll see fireworks. Um, I think everyone wants to start a, a championship off on the right foot. Um, obviously, a new generation car, all, all those sort of things. It's like a fresh start for for everybody, um, not just for the drivers, but for the teams. And it's new opportunity for everybody. So, you know, you don't want to start with some DNFs. Um, so I think I think they're going to have to play it smart and 
And I think they'll be rewarded uh, by doing that and, and maybe being just a little bit conservative and, and making sure they're finishing the races. But, mate, aside from these new race cars in supercars, we've got Super 2 is absolutely jam-packed. Yeah. Like, I think that that's going to be awesome to watch. I'll be really interested to see what the lap time difference is between, you know, the old car and, and the new car. We haven't really seen that play out at a racetrack. Um, you know, Super 3, you know, Jet Johnson's just been announced there. There's a heap of drivers. Obviously, Kelly's in there as well. So it's just exciting. You know, it's like it's all been um, reinvigorated or uh, something like that. We haven't seen, the, the, I suppose, the depth in those categories for a while. So I think it's, uh, it's all heading in the right direction. It's going to be a real spectacle. Yep, Aussie Racing Cars and Touring Car Masters as well, just to whet the appetite for a couple of pretty popular support categories. Plenty of uh, cool on-track action. It all kicks off this Friday around the Newcastle Street Circuit. So we haven't been to Newcastle in ages either. It's like 2019 mm. was the last time we were there. I did the math. I did the math. You'll like this. The mm. It has been 1,198 days since we last saw a motor race on the Newcastle street circuit. <laughs> it's, it's did you get that from Noonan? No, or did you I did not. Nah, no, no, you know there's this thing in Google. You just type in how many days since or uh, whatever. <laughs> and uh, that, that was the answer that spewed out for me. Uh, so I that's, like um, you know, it's three, three years or whatever. It's uh, three and a bit years. It's been a while since we've been there. And, uh, you know, a lot of these supercars drivers, basically the entire Super 2 and Super 3 field, have never, ever seen this venue at all. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of learning to be done. Um, look, let's uh, let's talk about supercars. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about these uh, these brand new cars that we've seen. Of course, you just got announced as uh, or confirmed back for your, what is it, your... 18th year in a row at uh, Dick Johnson <laughs> Racing. It's Shell V Power Racing. Sorry, how how many years is, are you up to now? It's it's eight years now this year. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. It, it is. Um, you know, I, I I am very proud of it because you know what, uh, Dick Johnson Racing or Shell V Power, they could pick whoever they want. Like, th- yeah, anybody would drive for them. They got the any, anybody they want. Well, that's my dog. Sorry about that, guys. Um, she was upset about something, probably upset that, you know, um, I've got another co-drive gig, but um, <laughs> no, they, they've got, they could pick anybody they want. So uh, it's a real privilege to be part of the team. And uh, for my eighth year, lining up with Anton again, uh, it's going to be exciting because of the new car for me. I, I'm really looking forward to that part of it, but yes, finally got announced. So um, not that it was only just recently locked away. We've known for quite a while, but uh, yeah, just fine. Good to get the news out there. And then I can, you know, me, I like to spruik about these things and mm-hmm. um, put on social media and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I just want to have a drive next. Yeah. That's, you, that's the next thing. You'd have to be one of the few co-drivers, regular co-drivers to have not driven Gen 3 yet. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's... um. They've had their work cut out for them. I know everyone's sort of thinking that, yeah, the four teams are, are foxing and this and that, but I'm not getting that vibe from from the Shell boys. I'm I'm very much getting the vibe that they they've got a lot of work ahead of them, and um, you know they they their backs up are up against a wall. So I haven't pushed the point. I've just let them be, just let them do their thing. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots of opportunity coming up soon. Um, and you know what? It's driving the car 
before or at Sydney Motorsport Park at the at the test day or before Newcastle probably isn't going to be a good representation of what the car will be like come later in the year. So I might just let them fix a few things, iron a few things out, and then I'll jump in and um, I'll be like, what are you guys complaining about? This thing's a jet. This is awesome, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I, I am chomping in the bit. I'm really looking forward to getting in the car. Mm, yeah, very good. Uh, so just from your talkings with the team and the things that they're saying, trying to put out of their mind that they might be a little bit slower than the the uh, Chevy examples at the moment, which and uh, I think everyone would have seen in the news over the last uh, 24 hours, basically that uh, the Chevys look will, will uh, get nobbled a little bit, get brought back to where the well, Mustang is. I, I wanted to talk to you about this because you, you're obviously closer to that than I am, but from my readings that uh, from the aero test they did, the Camaro got more aero on the on the front of the car. Is that yes. right? Well, that's right. So what's that- the go there? Well, that's, uh, I guess, yeah, effectively slow them down, right? Really? How does that work? Well, get more arrow at the front to, you know, push the tire on the ground and give it more grip. Well, maybe give them more grip or, or uh, make sure that their tires wear out a little bit faster, which I think was the complaint uh, with some of the Mustangs. Yes, because what I heard was that the Mustangs wanted to have a little bit more rear grip. So maybe they've tried to achieve that by making the Camaro the same sort of balance as the Mustang yep. by giving it some more front grip. Mm, yeah, Potentially. That's right. And, uh, and I, and I really think that we're going to get to Newcastle and a lot of those things, of course they'll play for, they'll, they'll be a factor, but we're really going to get a good read on what parity looks like and what mm. the whole scene is when we get to round two <laughs> at Albert park. Which will really—that's really going to be the uh, to show everyone who's got what and who has doesn't have what. That's one track because there's a lot of long loaded corners, big braking zones. It really highlights good and bad cars. And I I think you're right at Newcastle, um, short sharp corners, bumps and curves and whatever. It's probably not going to highlight the handling of the car as much. More, I would think the drivability of the engine. So if, you know, the Camaro's got a better drivability or the, or the Mustang does, I'm not sure. Um, I think that will be more of a factor than the actual balance of the car. Uh, but you're right. Come Grand Prix time, they're going to have to, uh, you will get a better understanding, you know, what cars are behaving themselves uh, more than others. Okay, cool. Um, we've seen all the cars out and about. We've seen every livery. We've we know all the driver combinations. There's actually not many enduro driver combinations that still need to be revealed. Certainly, the top end of town has all been sorted. But who do you like? Who do you reckon has shown enough of a hand in the early part of this season? The chats, the vibe. Who do you think is going to be? The combination to beat in this year's Repco Supercars Championship. Oh, definitely Anton De Pasquale and Tony Delberto. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Oh, mean... You walked into that. You walked into that. Uh, of course, I did. Are you talking co-driver? What are you talking? No, nah, I'm not like... talking co-driver. I'm talking about who's going to uh, who's going to win this championship come uh, uh, well, Adelaide 500 at the end of the year. I mean, you clearly you can't go past you know Red Bull and Shane and. They've been the form team. They've been the form combination for a long time. Um, I mean, it's going to be the, I think it's going to be the usual contenders. You know, you'll have DJR cars at the front, hopefully. 
you'll have Chaz, you'll have Waters. You know, I think Feeney will be up there as well. Maybe we'll get some surprises in there. You know, mm. I think, um, you know, especially some of the Camaro teams, if they they come out of the block strong, they might be able to run with that during the year. It's really, we really don't sort of know. But generally the cream rises to the top and, and that the battle will be at the top end of town against the, you know, uh, amongst the best drivers in the category. So you can't go past the usual, usual contenders, uh, but for the sport's sake and for the fans and all that stuff, Let's hope there's a few that get thrown in there and and upsets the uh, the apple cart and ruffles some feathers and all those cliches. Cool. Okay. Excellent. So what's uh, what's your smoky then? Give us a, give us a smoky. Who's the one who uh, you know doesn't necessarily always fight at the very front, but someone who might uh, spring a few surprises. I think uh, Heimgardner. I think he showed great form at the test. Obviously. Uh, and probably Will Brown. They they were they come out of the blocks really quick. Um, I think they're in the right equipment to start the year. Um, I mean, Andre, it's just going to be interesting to see how BJR can, you know, keep the car at the pointy end. Um, you know, the way the rules are, there shouldn't be the development of the cars that we've seen. So it really should be more just, you know, running of the cars and rather than developing new uprights and, up directions and all that sort of thing so um he could be a factor you know bj have done a great job with their car builds and um you know like i said they've they've come out of the blocks really quick yeah yeah i guess uh when when people do to start talking about smokies they do mention a lot of the chevy teams because they have had they they, certainly at sydney they were seen more predominantly at the top of the uh grid order and that was uh, the, the result sheet because you know that's how the cars were how much of these parity changes might affect that uh, pecking order you know we're not really sure but there are a couple of you know very 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 competitive um, Chevy teams in there who regardless if they do have a advantage in the uh, in the in the car department, then they'd still be really worthy. And you actually just mentioned a couple there with Andre, with with Will Brown. Don't rule roll out Brody Kostecki. You know, have Matt Stone Racing built uh, the best matchbox in the in the set. You know, Jack LeBuff. Well, he I could... heard they were quite quick at the test day Queensland. So why not? Yeah, Cam Hill, uh, a rookie and. Uh, just in some uh, pre-race quotes, he was talking about he's he's glad he doesn't have a lot of Gen 2 running under his belt because he feels that might be a bit of an advantage for him that he's not sort of set in the way, set in the Gen 2 ways that others might be. And uh, yeah, Team 18 as well, Scott Pye, Mark Winterbottom, both very experienced campaigners and have been racing Gen 2 cars effectively most of their career so uh they'll have to undo a few uh bad habits bad habits or uh, gen 2 habits and uh try and reinvent themselves so yeah just so many cool questions and some will be answered after newcastle uh some won't just uh, crystal balling again just uh, gaze into the uh gaze into the sky look into the sun close your eyes don't hurt yourself but mm-hmm. uh where do you see the big tear ups coming from at Newcastle this weekend, do you think it's going to be some damage, which is just part and parcel of any supercars race around that circuit? Do you think it's going to be mechanical? You know, are these guys going to be struggling with unreliability? 
Um, is the big talking point going to be, you know, an absolute random results? Like uh, where do you think the, what's the big what? talking point we're talking about this time next week? I think you're going to have a bit of everything. I really do. I know testing hasn't been 100% smooth for a lot of the teams, uh, especially on the board side. Um, the, obviously, the track's very tight and twisty, narrow. You know, we, we see shunts there at, at the best of times, you know. So throw in another car that's not developed, uh, it's unpredictable for the guys or unfamiliar, I should say. Um and and I really do think that there'll be uh, there'll be some results that we weren't expecting. Like I think you basically have to put everyone almost on a level playing field, and everyone's got an equal equal shot of this uh, weekend. Hopefully, if the parity is right, and all that's crap, you know. But mm. uh, let's assume it is. Everyone should roll out and be a chance at getting a great result this weekend. That, we'll that won't happen, but we'll <laughs> no, definitely not. What's uh we we uh you know we've been so used to over the past five ten, fifteen years that uh, these cars are incredibly close and even though you might always see the same guys qualify at the front and same guys qualify near the back the gap between those two is regularly pretty close especially around a really short narrow street circuit like Newcastle the gap between the who has and who doesn't is is still pretty close. What's the gap for race one oh. Gen three? Oh, no, let, let's go quality. What's the gap in quality? I reckon. Well, that's well, that's what I'm that's that's where I'm talking. Yes. So I reckon I reckon there'll be a second and a half. Second and first and last. Yep. Well, Tony, while you just while you talk, I'll just do some quick old uh, Natsoft uh, journalism here and see what the <laughs> uh, qualifying uh, gap was. Uh, back in 2019, what do you reckon it was? Oh, eight tenths. I reckon. I reckon we'll see probably a, a bigger spread this year, just because it's all new. It's all new for everybody, and no one's. It's not refined. People have got no setup history. You know, like it's just so much that you can get that call if you want. You need to get that call, Brent. No, I've, I've hung up. So, uh, so you reckon? <laughs> you reckon one and a half seconds for? Uh, Gen 3. Yes. So the last time we did a qualifying session around there was uh, 2019. And I think I might be looking at Saturday's quality here. But Mm. the gap was 1.03. Oh, okay. So I said eight tenths for that. So that's not too far off. Yeah. But I I think it will be more. And I'm actually discluding Scott Pye here who qualified last in this session that I'm looking at, but he was two and a half seconds off the pace, but I'm assuming that there was some sort of issue because he was 1.4 off James Golding, who was 23rd on that day. Mm, and okay. Scotty, well, Scotty assume, got, yeah, assume he, he's had dramas, yep. uh, which I think he had a power steering issue or something that, that particular quality oh, session. Thanks V8 Sleuth. Well done. Well, I think it was because they, they recently just put something up that he stormed through the field in the race and had a really strong race. But, yeah, I think there'll be a bigger gap. We're going to see cars that are behaving themselves. Just There's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a bigger gap between those cars and the cars that aren't. Because the teams don't know. Like, let's say you're suffering from oversteer, for instance. They don't exactly know what yet, yet um, what actually makes the change or the difference to 
help that oversteer? You know, obviously they've got theories, but is it the thing they actually um, need to change to, to get that result? They're just going to be guessing at this stage. So I think we'll see a bigger gap. Okay. What do, yeah. I, get if, what do I get if there's a second and a half in quality? What are you going to give me? Oh, save a pat on the back for me, mate. Okay, great. All right, perfect. Um, okay, look, we could, uh, we could, uh, just keep well, talking what, about what's your, what's your, oh, no, I think I probably, no, no, look, I probably, no, look, I'm just going to let you hang out there to try, you know, I'm not getting Thanks. into, into all these, uh, into all these tippings and bettings. Jeez. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not you're not into betting at all. Not no. at all. Um, okay. no, look, I actually, I think the same and, you know, maybe it might even be a little bit more, but, mm. um, I kind of hope not. I kind of hope it, hope that the, one lap pace of these cars are close. Let's see how they go over 90 odd laps around that joint. So, um, and uh, yeah, will the cars make it? Yeah. So many, so many questions and, um, and there'll be so, there's so much to talk about now and pontificate. There's a, uh, there's going to be a heap to unravel uh, come the uh, from Monday onwards next week. So of course you can tune into parked up plus with Mark Fogarty, every Monday to hear what uh, he's got to say. And he'll have plenty to say from Newcastle in the lead up to this weekend. Mark Fogarty spoke to the great man, Mark Larkham. Uh, Of course, Larko will be as part of the supercars broadcast team, bringing you all the action from pit lane. Uh, He will be that, that Hino hub will have smoke pouring off it over the weekend and uh, anyone enjoying the uh, Foxtel KO or Seven Network coverage will certainly uh, get uh, get a lot of uh, info out of Larco, the Hino Hub, and uh, and all the things that are happening right on the coalface inside the Newcastle Street venue. Folks caught up with Larco to preview the event. It's a, a really cool, long, extended chat. You might have heard some of it in. Uh, parked up plus but i guarantee you haven't heard uh, there was only about a quarter of their chat actually went into parked up plus so uh, heaps of fresh content coming at your ears right now mark larkham welcome back to parked up well Larko, for months now all we've been hearing about is gen 3 what's happening what's not happening where it's going Larko, just boil it down how big a change is Gen 3, really? Um, great to chat, folks. How big a change? Um, I, I think I can probably best express that by saying it's, I would say it's the biggest change we've done. My project blueprint was up there back in what, you know, late 1999s when we started working on that. Um, but, mate, this is not only the biggest change of car, this changes the way we go about racing. You know, there's so many tentacles attached to this and fundamentals about how it looks, feels, you know, is resourced and built and operated from a race team point of view. It's just not a change of race car. It's a fundamental change to the way we go racing. And how is that? Why is that? Because, well, let me just use my own experience for a minute, mate. One of the, one of the reasons, you know, I couldn't keep up with the money uh, requirement, you know, which is one of the reasons I got out of my team back in, 05, 06. And one of the reasons that was, and one of the things I never enjoyed back then about being in a race team, I mean, I got into racing folks like so many of us because I loved competing. I loved race driving, loved driving the car. And then you end up with a race team around. And that's all good. But I got to the end there and I had sort of 25 blokes on my staff, whatever. 
And I was actually a manufacturing operation. I had designers, I had engineers upstairs, I had mills making stuff and lathes and all the rest of it. I didn't get into it to be a manufacturing business, nor do a lot of teams. So what Gen 3 has done has migrated the business away from that. And I think the net result of that will be that teams further down the ladder now absolutely know they have the same equipment uh, as everyone else in pit lane. That's the first thing. And the second thing, from a resource point of view, and I'm not suggesting the cars are cheap, race cars are never cheap, but from a resourcing point of view, you now don't need engineers and design guys and CAD programs and manufacturing facilities and mills and lathes and CNC equipment. You just don't need that stuff. You can go and get whatever you need to be a race team. And I like that bit, and I trust over time that that might help bring some of the midfield further up to the front. Cream will always rise to the top. We know that. Um, but I think that's a positive thing. I think, you know, G, MotoGP was a bit this way in years gone past, wasn't it? I, I, I think it's a, a good thing because, just quickly, mate, you know, you'd walk down the pit lane last year. Sure, we had a tight set of rules in our rule book. Everyone had a front, lower, left side wishbone, as an example, that had to fit the rules, all pretty well the same, but also subtly different that each of them was, was designed, manufactured, milled, welded, tested, and they probably had five different versions of them on the car during the year. And you apply that to uprights and steering racks and things all over the car. And all that stuff just goes in the shelf, becomes redundant. What a waste. It could be a waste. Some would say it's a move forward, but look, man, let's distill it down. You know, Gen 3 for dummies. What are the main differences among so many? Okay, Gen 3 for dummies. Let's three, for me, it's three points, folks. Uh, one, manufacturer relevance. You know, we, we wanted to have the cars more largely replicate the road car going version, the hero car, if you like, of what we represent on the track. Um, and, you know, tick, that's, that's, that's been achieved. And, and then we've got engine DNA in there now, as you know, our previous engines, whilst they had fragments left of, um, you know, Holden or General Motors and, and Ford in there, essentially they were bespoke engines, pretty well 100% manufactured by the teams and engine builders, et cetera, and so on. Now we have some engines. Yes, they're modified. Of course they're modified, but largely they represent, um, you know, engine DNA from both the manufacturers. So that's, that's all good stuff. Uh, the other things, the resourcing stuff I just talked about, you know, teams to try and maintain their operations at a level where they don't need to be manufacturing organisations, all of them. And thirdly, and probably the most important one that, you know, your listeners and me that enjoy the racing want to hear about is we wanted to make the cars more challenging for drivers to drive. We wanted them to be able to follow each other more closely on the circuit. We hear Shane Van Gisbergen banging on about it all the time. Can't get close to the car in front. Aero wash. And that's because our cars over time, we're our own worst enemy, mate. Just like Formula One, we can't help ourselves. Engineering masturbation, we call it, don't we? Let's make the cars better and better and more aero and a little tweak here and a little gurney there. And we re-homologate and we just end up and we go, Jesus, how did we land here? And we end up with all this downforce on the car, which compared to a Formula One car, I mean, it's, we're not talking big numbers, but for our cars, it's a lot. And simply that means the closer you are to a car in front, you are affected with the performance of your car. It's hard to get in the proximity of that car, in the brake area, approaching a corner. Uh, 
etc. and so on. So we wanted to try and do some work on that. And a lot of work has been done on that. And we just wanted to overall take a bucket load of downforce off the car to make them more challenging to drive, uh, move around more, you know, in braking areas, in corners and make the drivers work harder in that circumstance. Um, and you also want the challenge of, you know, managing your tyres. So, you know, tyres are likely going to degrade at a faster rate. Um, now, they're all unknowns at the moment, but what I do know, I think they've, they're pretty well around the target of getting 60% of the air off these cars, which is a lot. I'm already talking to drivers and we can discuss that in a moment, mate, but, you know, they're bleating. That's great. So they're the fundamentals. And, I mean, you look at them, if we really want to be positive about Gen 3, I mean, I was out at the test day there on Tuesday, folks, seriously, like you, I've been hanging around this my whole life. And as I arrived, I peered through the garages and out the other side, one of the red bull cars just happened to go past between the garage doors. And I just went, wow. You know, on, with the liveries on them on the racetrack, they just look magnificent. They sound better for some reason in the pit lane than they did, you know, blip, 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 blip down the pit lane. And they sound magnificent on the track. So I think there's a lot to love. Um, that doesn't mean the drivers are going to go, wow, these are great to drive because they're going to be challenged. Um, I have no doubt we have opened up the mistake window. You know, the, the, the number one thing I'm hearing, I can't feel the tyres as much. You know, I, when I lock a wheel, I can't feel it as much. You know, it's, oh, gee, you know, and they're getting a little bit frustrated. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, but that's good. who cares? Who cares what the drivers think? The more, who cares the what more, the drivers think? The more yeah. mongrelly they are, the better. Well, let's put yeah. that in perspective. Um, I, I was having a good debrief with Scafie last night. You know, he, he's just come back from the, you know, the, the, the final tomorrow test they've been doing. And um, we were having a bit of a laugh about this very point. We, we, we actually think it's good because the numbers have ended up with folks are pretty well bang on what we were driving in 98, 99, 2000, 2001, sort of that era of car. Now, you know as well as I do, mate, the cars back then, they're about the same, about a tonne and a half when they're full of fuel. Tyre, the Dunlop control tyre, really, you know, it's evolved, but we very intentionally sort of parked it where it is for a very specific purpose. So that hasn't changed massively. Um, the caster that we used to have on our cars, I don't want to bore people with suspension geometry, but caster on the front of your car to setting a ge ge geometrical setting has a massive impact on the feedback you get through the steering. Back then, we, Scafie and I compared notes last night. We, we used to run about eight or 10 degrees caster back in the day, right? Last year, I can tell you, I saw numbers that were nearly triple that, which is off the dial. The Gen 3 car has brought that back again. So, so, so what I'm saying, all wrapped up, we're driving a car that has similar feel uh, and downforce and grip levels my 99 2000 Mitre 10 Falcon, mate. Jesus, I love driving that thing. So suck it up, boys. So when we, as we head into the Newcastle 500, your feeling is that all the changes, all the angst, the delays, the ongoing parity arguments, your gut feeling is Gen 3 is going to work? I think it's going to be a very popular weekend. You know, I don't say that there might not be some, some initial teething dramas. These are race cars. Folks, you know, we both know that race cars are all about development and ongoing development. There's not a race team car in the world, be it Gen 3 or F1, that doesn't go through a development phase in its initial life. We know that. Um, but there has been, as you know, I mean, I think we're now up to, you know, I think we're in excess of 15,000 kilometres of testing now. Um, so 
mate, what, what do I predict? I, I think what's really cool about this, mate, I actually honestly, hand on heart, don't know. The, the, the cream, of course, will rise to the top. But because of some of the drivers I've spoken to and some of the vibes I'm getting, which is distinctly different from the more mature drivers in our pit lane than, say, the younger guys, this is what I reckon is cool. So the older guys, going to what I was saying earlier, are frustrated. Um, I, I, I can just sense that. They're, they're feeling hot in their little cockpits and they're, you know, they're not feeling the, the thing the way they're used to. And the younger guys I've spoke to seem far less perturbed about it. So as we go to Newcastle, I reckon the game's going to be this. If, if you're a driver, let's say you're one of the senior drivers that's likely to be a championship contender, you're going to have to find a way with your engineer hiding in a corner or a tent somewhere to stay away from all the noise and the emotion and the parody debates and all the hoo-ha uh, and some of the nuances of a new car to just focus on what matters, getting that anti-roll bar setting right before you start the race or the ride height or the roll center, whatever it might be, and then driving the car and not being distracted, not being disturbed, not letting your head get messed up because you're hotter, the tyres are degrading faster, whatever it might be. Because remember, wait, we've got different fuel. We've got different fuel fillers. We've got different fuel fill rate. We've got different wheel nuts. We've got different hot rims onto cold hubs. All of that stuff's new. There will be dramas. And somehow you've got to find a way to whack on your tunnel vision, stay focused on what matters. You can't influence all that other stuff as a driver. And I reckon who does that best, provided their car doesn't have a failure, um, and there's no reason to think they will, um, that will prevail. Who's that going to be? I, I can't tell you, mate. I, I, just, I mean, we haven't run on a super bumpy circuit with curbs yet. What's all that going to mean and look like with these cars? Can't wait to see. Well, of all places to debut a radically all-new car that's arguably underdeveloped, the mean streets of Newcastle, reliability is going to be a big issue, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, is it? I don't know. Well, I, I, I can't. I can't. I, I, yeah, crashes, mistakes, you know, reliability. I like to call it car development, early car development, whatever it is. Because, folks, again, we both know, mate, you can, you can run these cars up and down aerodromes as much as you like. And they've done a lot of that and they've got them as close as they're ever going to get them now. They're bang on, which is great. Well, you can overlay engines and run engines on dynos all you like. They've got them bang on. That's great. But until you run cars in the heat of competition, under duress, testing and banging around just ain't the same. You know that, mate. You just put your foot on the brake hard. You're running between, behind three of the cars, belching out heat. You've got a southwesterly breeze going across the nose at 40 kilometres an hour with a car behind you disturbing your airflow that you never experienced on an aerodrome. There's all of these things. There'll be, you know, there'll be heat coming into the footwheel because of the proximity of the exhaust there. But you know, there'll be things we haven't even thought of that'll emerge. Someone will come into the pit lane and realise how easy it is to maybe cross-thread the different wheel nut that they hadn't adapted to yet. So, so mate, development. There will be, there will be a, a lot of things. But, but in amongst that, mate, if I can just put my, you know, I'm not Tony Barber, but if I can put my hat on, I just think, I think it's going to be a spectacular weekend. I, I really mean that, mate. I, and I reckon it's going to hit home like it did when I just saw that car up on test day the other day. And I went to media launch and all that stuff. That's all nice. But when you see it on the track and see it in the pit lane, mate, I reckon when the field of cars rocks up at Saturday on that grid and you see all of them together, as 
going to be a very special moment for our sport. And I reckon, you know, because as, as punters, we love the race and we love the look of the cars. And man, it's just a big tick for that stuff. Well, they certainly look the business. And from what I've heard, they sound the business. The debate, though, is, you know, that street circuit in Newcastle, there, there's got to be carnage lurking at every corner, hasn't there? Oh, I don't think it matters what car you take there. So think of this one. Um, remember, um, the, remember the the Lowndes McLaughlin uh, debacle, right? Going up the hill there, uh, you know, d didn't create enough room for each other with a little bit of concrete jutted out. Think about um, some of the the way corners and the first second corner they're closed down and and narrow. These cars are significantly wider. Put two of them side by side. Put three of them side by side. So there's going to be new things that are going to need to be launched. So yeah, there, there'll be trauma, there'll be drama, folks. There is, there is nothing sure. And as I say, I just reckon the nature of what they've done with the downforce and the geometry and what have you. I think, I genuinely believe the the mistake window is now a bigger window. Um, and again, all very nice running around testing all you like, but when someone's sniffing around your ass, um, sorry, that's, I didn't phrase that very well, did I? But you know what I mean. The rear yeah. end of your car, <laughs> the ass end of your car. When someone's sniffing around, giving you a little touch-up in the back there um, or, or having a little of a lunge and you decide you're going to go five metres deeper to defend, your wheel's locked, you can't quite feel it. Mate, I just see that mistake window opening up um, and then add to that the strategy implications, you know, the, the new fueling rig, which is all new where it goes into the car. We can talk about that another time. It's all complex, new, much safer, much better, expensive, beautiful piece of kit, but it's got smaller hoses on it, so it flows slower. So now your fuel flow rate is different when you stop at your pit stop. That's got some strategy implications. Now the fuel drop for the race at, at Newcastle is a less of a fuel drop than when we've been there before. So my quick calc on a, a pad here a moment ago, I think the actual time stopped in pit lane will be uh, equivalent over the course of the day. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's going to play out going forward. You know, track position is going to become a critical consideration as you sit there with a slower fuel flow. Um, there's a million things, mate. The real, where, where the, as a result of that, where the, the S-bike guy stands is now in a different spot. Where the, where, I was looking where the exhaust now exits because it's up really forward at the front door. Um, you know, is that going to have implications for the S-bike guy there? Is it going to have implications with um, the exhaust fumes? I mean, there's just all of these, all of these things. The fuel, the, the fuel cell, mate, it's in the, not in the car, but it's much further forward in the car there's no back seat type area in the car now. The bulkhead's right up in there and the fuel is sort of just behind that and it's tall, um, you know, and fuel gets really hot in a race. So, you know, does that heat migrate into the cabin? The cabin's smaller. Um, are we going to see hot, frustrated drivers that make mistakes? All of this is yet to play out. I reckon it's going to be a fascinating weekend. Indeed. All of the above, we can only hope. Now, the one big issue is it's no longer... Ford versus Holden, much less Falcon versus Commodore. Mm. It's now Ford versus Chevrolet. Is that going to wash for the fans? It's a really good point, folks. Um, I believe so. I, I think we've got still some more work to do to ensure that every, you know, red jacket, Brock, Lounge, Scaife, Wink Up type fan over all those years knows that by default they're, you know, a, a GM fan. And I'm going to try and do a little bit of work on that this weekend. Um, you know, and, and, and as a business, I think we've got to make sure we, 
you know, people know that connection. I mean, General Motors Holden, you know, you, you know as well as I do, folks. You know, and you go back to the early Monaros when, when all this started back in the 60s. And, um, you know, look at the General Motors badge on the Holden cars all the way through there. So, you know, we're from the same family and they had a Chevy engine in that Monaro back then. Um, so, you know, there, there is a strong connection. I, I accept that, you know, okay, you can't go in a showroom and just go and buy that Camaro. But, but, but I see it differently and I, and I hope the world and the manufacturers certainly see it, see it this way, that what Ford and GM are doing is, you know, it, it's not necessarily about race on Sunday, buy on Monday. You know, that's, that's long gone. And, and our options were limited because we don't make Falcon and Commodore anymore. I'm personally really, really glad where we've landed because it's who we are. We're big, we're brash, we're in your face. We don't hide from the fact that we're V8. We've got, we got new fuel. It's, it's a little bit cleaner, which is nice. A little bit more eco-friendly, which that's all nice. But at the end of the day, we don't hide from the fact we're entertainment. Yes, we've got increased manufacturer relevance, but it's really important that we're entertainment. And it's really important, I think, that you be you know you work out which side of the fence you're on, red or blue. Although it's now blue and blue and blue, which is a uh, a bit a bit confusing. Well, but, blue but and gold, look, actually. Well, gold Chevy, but the GM badge yeah. is blue. Yeah, right. Um, so, so folks, you know that 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 connection is is very much there. I want to try very much to try and uh, highlight that because what these manufacturers are doing is saying we compete. You know, these are some hero cars. We race. We compete. We're not afraid of competition. And they're great messages. Um, you know, so I, I here's my line, mate. Here's one line I'm going to use a bit on the weekend. I'm just thinking it through at the moment. But I reckon if you're a younger person and you're watching all of this, it's all pretty exciting. These big muscle cars racing with V8 in them. You know, Aussie DNA, we raced them back in the 60s. Bob James Camaro versus uh, Moffat's Mustang. We've been there and done it. I think that's fantastic. But you sort of think, well, even my sons and daughters, mate, they've got Corollas and you know other Kias and bits and pieces. But at the end of the day, we're a Ford family. The Larkin family is a Ford family, not because I drove it. Go back before that. My dad had a little Cortina in the early 70s. Then he had an XY Falcon 500, a bog standard one, a company car, and then an XB Falcon. So for those reasons, we're always aligned. Now, I would say to our audience and to particularly the younger part of the audience that don't already have that alignment, not sure which side of the fence to be on, and you don't have to pick a side, but I think it's cool if you do, go and ask Nan or Pop, or ask your mum or dad, what did Nan and Pop drive? Because you know, mate, there'll be a big majority of our population in the 50s and 60s and 70s will have driven XM, XP, XC, whatever it might have been, or HR, EH, FC, HR, HG, there'll be some linkage there. And I'm going to say to you, that's who you are. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Unfortunately, I that's know. My all strategy. Those. That's my strategy. Oh, yeah. That's my yeah. strategy. And I, know also, I know all those designations you just threw at us. So what does that <laughs> say about me? But um, yeah, that's, that's all well. But all right, let's get down to 10 tax. Who's your money on? I knew you were going to ask that. No, that's my most hated question. Um, I, I said it before, folks, I, I, I genuinely, you know, I, as a form guide, you know, you, you'd think, wow, you know, Waters is making big statements as he should be that, you know, he's finally going to, you know, he's sick of coming second. And, and if we support his cause, it would say, for me, he is the only guy in the field that really, when he's been near Van Gisbergen, has really roughed him up, you know. 
but but the, but but him in that car, and I, I'm not saying one or either, but just and the team, they know there's just been two up and down. You know, great weekends, then an average weekend, then a great weekend, an average weekend. They just haven't been there right at the pointy end every time enough. Then you've got Anton Di Pasquale, proves that he's the fastest guy over and over and over over a lap, but until he starts his year by laying down a foundation that he can build on and have an assault on a championship and lose the odd. You know, lose the odd battle to win more wars um, and work hard with Ludo to get that car right, he's, you know, maybe a contender. But whichever way you cut the cake, you know, sorry, and I have to talk about Mostert, you know, Will Davison, his experience he brings to the table, you know, fabulous. He, who would have thought Will was going to be so fast at this end of his career so consistently? Mostert, always really, really love and rate this guy. But I've got to say, my first impressions of, you know, him in this Gen 3 car, I, I, this is what I said earlier, mate, is I think some of these more established drivers may get frustrated and they're going to have to break through that. So in amongst that, let's call that that leading group, and there's a couple others that you know of, in amongst that leading group, I can't see... Shane Van Gisbergen's a freak. So what's changed? He's going to go into 2023 still a freak. He's still got that same incredible racing brain. He'll still find a way, I'm sure of going faster and using his tyres less than others. He knows how he does that. Of reading the play, you know, ahead, just having that remarkable crafted racing brain um, that, that, that prevails in all circumstances. Now, does that mean he's not going to have a bad day or, or issues? You know, he is part of the homologation team. Arguably, they should know a little bit more about the car than others. Having said that, it's been apparent. Uh, you know, he's going to be hard to beat. So then, folks, let's just chuck all that out the window for a second and say, what a great opportunity to bring some of these rookies into the field. I mean, Matt Payne's, a, you know, arguably could be a future star. He's had a stellar career, clearly talented, um, perfect timing to bring him and others. Because they don't have any preconceived notion of that's embedded in their muscle memory about what a supercar feels like feedback through the pedals, through the steering wheel, through the heat in the cockpit, through the tyre degradation, the fuel usage, or whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, Cameron Hill. And, and, and can I just add to that, mate? Whether it's Cameron Hill, whether, whether it's... Um, oh, I don't have to listen. You know, there's five or six good young, young, young guys in there. Declan Fraser. Um, they, these young kids, all of them, and even Stanaway coming back in, in the endurance races, and I know he's not necessarily young, but what I love about our category this year, we're finally arriving at this place where the young blokes that are coming in, Jimmy Golding now with his permanent permanent seat, um, these are guys that have gone the long way around. They haven't had mum and dad push them through on a trophy hunt and fall over. They've actually had some tough knocks, got back up, but they've gone the long way around. They've done the junior formula, done several categories, done the learning, and now stepped up. And I think it's a perfect time the introduction of Gen 3 for these rookies. So make a little note of a few of those few of those younger guys coming in because I think, you know, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, I think it's going to be good. I think that's, that part of it's going to be really good. All good points. Well made. And hopefully this will be like the first season of Car of the Future back in 2013 when for a large part of the season it was a lottery and, uh, well, teams like BJR adapted uh, very quickly to the new rules. Is that a chance this time? Yeah, I think 100% it is. 
100%. Because there is no, you know, if you stuck your head under the under the fender of uh, a car at the end of the last year and you saw some sophisticated, you know, anti-roll bar rocker mechanism systems with, you know, um, digressive, um, you know, um, levers on them and, you know, all sorts of weird stuff going on, you know, and that's gone. So again, yeah, BJR absolutely can, you know, engineer themselves right into the, right into the game. And, and, and I think folks, you, you raise a really good point, mate, because, as we go into Newcastle, and in fact, the first part or the best part of this season, I think, it will be about, you know, being a great race team is, you know, yes, of course, it's about being fast, but it's your ability to adapt, isn't it? Your ability to adapt, strategize on the fly, uh, quickly change position, manoeuvre, fix that little heat problem, resolve that little issue over there, manage that tyre balance, manage that degradation, whatever it might be, you just got to be able to do that. So teams that are going to be able to think on the fly, adapt, I think are going to prevail. And that in itself is going to be, that's going to be great to watch because there is so many new learnt things to go on here, mate. You know, we've, we've studied pit stops, haven't we? And, and looked how, you know, the majority, particularly young people that come onto the pit lane with a rattle gun, you know, they, in, in the haste of doing a four or five second stop, you know, attack the wheel nut an ever so subtly wrong angle. And that wrong angle then just picks up a wrong thread on the nut and you're gone, right? So you pull it back off. You quickly grab that tool up above you off the overhead rig. You punch the wheel nut out. You put another wheel nut on and you put that tyre back on. You lose 12 seconds or so, um, but that tyre remains as part of that set. Part of Gen 3 has an entirely new wheel nut configuration that has quite a, it's not just retained by the little fingers. It's got a circlet type device that requires quite a detailed tool to undo that. So if, for example, you now cross-thread a nut, which I think in all likelihood will happen on the pit lane at Newcastle, um, you now long, no longer in 10, 12, 15 seconds have the ability to knock the nut out. By the time you get the circlip off and put another nut in there, you're long gone. So you won't even do that as an option. You'll just have to go and grab an old tyre from a used set uh, and put a mis mismatched tyre onto the car and ship it, unless you want to choose to sit there for 45 seconds or a minute or whatever. We don't even know it's going to take yet to do the circuit. So yeah, they're the things that are going to pop out of nowhere, mate. You go, oh, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Um, you know, hot, how often do we see? Hot hubs, cold rim, hot wheel nut. Cold wheel nut, cold rim, hot hub. Hot rim, you know, blah, blah, blah. Different torque settings. We know what torque setting works when you put them out on the grid. After a warm-up lap, we know what torque setting you need to be able to undo them with a pit stop. That's all highly developed. Years and years of that. We've got a completely different nut that's now not a taper. It's a flat face. So all of that's going to have to be relearned. And I tell you, you don't learn that stuff at test days. You learn that in the heat of battle when your driver's putting his foot on the brake crate 900 degrees centigrade all day mm -hmm. and you see temperatures you couldn't have dreamt of at a test day. Now, I'm sorry I'm getting excited about all that technical stuff, <laughs> folks, but there's a hundred more of those little things that are possibly going to play out here. Well, there's a host of un unknowns to which we can only look forward. Larko, thanks for your time. And of course, we look forward to your insights and wry observations during the Supercars broadcast this season. Thanks, Fogs. Always enjoy the chat, mate. We thank Fogs. We thank... 
Laka for uh, previewing the Newcastle Street Race, the first round of the 2023 Repco Supercars Championship. I've got Tony Delberto uh, as my co-driver for this episode of Parked Up. Now, uh, look, we've uh, we have and uh, Fogs and and Larco spoke a lot about Gen Three. Let's talk about Gen Two and Super Two and Super Three, Tony. Uh, you'd said at the top of the show that you were really looking forward to seeing how that's going to go at this racetrack. I can't see it being any more than a yellow flag safety car fest. What do you mean? No, Rookie, rookies, so. new track. Uh, no, I don't yeah. think so, mate. I don't think so. I think, uh, they're going to all behave themselves and do the right thing and just get through this weekend with any damage. Nah, that's not going to happen, is it? It's really not going to happen. <laughs> like, I think you're right. I think you've got all these young blokes uh, trying to prove a point. They're going to go out there, just guns blazing, and just send it and probably uh, won't turn out as well as they would have hoped. Yep. But uh, it'll be exciting from the couch watching. So, no, I, I am really looking forward to it. And, and like I said before, you know, seeing the lap time difference uh, is going to be really interesting. Um and just see who who's going to be a contender this year. You know, we've had some guys move up into the main series. Obviously, Declan Fraser, uh, Cameron Hill, both moved out of uh, Super Two and, and into the, the main championship there. So you sort of lose a couple of the contenders. Um, who's going to be the one to beat? Um, I'm not too sure. What are your thoughts, Grant? Yeah, uh, heaps to choose from there. I like as uh, Zach Best. Uh, Team dependent. Well, he's he's in a great car now, so he'll he'll be fine. That's right. You've got. Uh, so was that one of your old cars? How old? What's the vintage of that thing? Uh, I don't know exactly. It wasn't a, it wasn't a car from last year. No. I'm pretty sure that was the car that Anderson bought to, uh, do, to the, do the Bathurst 1000 last year. That's right. But so uh, yeah, wasn't happen. allowed to do it. The uh, Bathurst builder who got boned from uh, racing at his home race, but. Um, Hey, he gets to enter a car for Zach and and they've probably got a pretty good chance of, uh, you know, doing quite well. But, you know, a couple of very uh, good experienced races out there as well. Uh, you know, we're going to see the likes of Jack Perkins with mm. some stronger backing for, from Erebus. You know, a couple of uh, young charges uh, with Jay Hansen, who you've raced against in TCR. He's been doing... Super two for a little bit as well. Uh, you know, Cameron Crick. Uh, there's a uh, there's, there's a couple of, you know. Yeah, quite... man, Cooper Murray. There's some young guys in there um, yeah. that, are, that are new to it, but very talented young guys. Um, so, yeah, I think the field is quite stacked and, and probably the experience level for everybody is, well, besides a couple, is, is relatively similar. Mm. Um, and you know, like the Zach Best one, I think obviously he's probably got the most experience in the field. Um, but you know, I don't know whether the Anderson team will be able to produce a car that's going to be as competitive, uh, you know, over the, I don't know who's engineering it or what the, what the setup is, but, um, as you know, you can have the, the a great car, but you've got to be able to tune over the weekend and, and keep it at the pointy end and make the right decisions at the right time. So he's come from Tickford have got all that behind him. Um, whether or not, yeah, he has that support, I'm not too sure. But as far as his experience and the equipment that he has on, you know, on paper, he should be 
a real contender for the championship. But I just wouldn't, um, I wouldn't uh, factor out some of these guys like a Cooper Murray uh, or a you know, Cameron Creek or some of those boys that have got a heap of um, racing experience under the belt and you know, very talented young guys. Yeah. Uh, should be a, uh, if, if it's not, um, if we're not getting excited about uh, watching Gen 3 and you like your car racing, then Gen uh, the Gen 2, Super 2 and Super 3 action is certainly going to be well worth watching. Um, Tony D, thanks for coming on Parked Up. As always, one last thing. You're running second, second in the TCR Australia Series after the first round down at Simmons Plains. Of course, Simmons Plains is a track that just does not suit the Honda. That's what you keep telling me anyway. There's no <laughs> way I can get a result here, Grant, is what you always say every time we get down <laughs> to Simmons Plains. Last two times we went there, you've taken home three or four trophies. I'm going to stop believing you about this Honda yeah. being uh, uncompetitive at Simmons Plains. <laughs> No, it was a great start to the year. We almost got the win in race three. We had a little electrical problem with the, the gear selector. They got the paddle shifts and it wasn't letting me grab the gears that I needed to. So unfortunately, we didn't quite get it. But um, no, it was a good start. I mean, you know, uh, probably our main title contenders, well, contender Will Brown in the in the Audi GT3 car there, <laughs> um, had some problems. Uh, has his mechanical, so sort of got a bit of a free kick there for that weekend. But you know, when he's on song, that that thing is going to be a weapon. Um, but yeah, we we did well to maximise it while we we had the chance. So very happy with the start of the year, and uh, looking forward to the to the rounds coming up. We've got a little bit of a break now though, so I've got the Bathurst six hour coming up though. So uh, that'll that'll give me some laps uh, in a race car very soon. So I'm looking forward so to that. Yeah, awesome. So what are you locked in for, for the 6 hour? I'm joining my good friend, Dwayne West, in his HSV oh, yeah. uh, GDS. Yep. Uh, I raced it last year as well. It was our first time doing it as a team. And uh, Dwayne owns a car and prepares it all himself with his dad. And uh, the car lasted the distance. And I think we, we finished in the top 10. So it was a pretty good effort uh, for the first attempt for those guys. So, yeah, we're looking forward to building on that for this year. And it's just a good fun event you know it's over easter bringing the family up um you know it's just a chilled out event that uh and it has a really good family vibe about it so last year i was doing tcr as well and it was uh there's a you know there's heaps going on but this year it'd be a little bit quieter and uh sort of just enjoy driving around and uh pulling some gears in that big hsv and uh just have some fun excellent cool uh, okay, and your uh, your Newcastle, what does it uh, what does it look like? Are you couch bound? Are you kind of going to come and join me up there on the uh, beautiful central coast of New South Wales? What's the go? Ah, oh, if you want to pay for some flights and accommodation, no dramas. I'll be there. Right. Okay. Sure. So, um, so I'm not going to be there, guys. So I'll be on the couch at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, good. No, I'll be at home, but uh, I'm still trying to catch up from all the racing over the weekend. IndyCar. Formula oh, One, yeah. oh man, it was it was epic. The IndyCar race was bloody awesome. Now, uh, Unfor tell, unfortunate yeah. for our good mate Scotty Mack, but that's right. It was a good race to watch. Unfortunate for our good mate Oscar Delberto, who I saw on your Instagram yes. stories was uh, very disappointed about the uh, about. Scotty Mack and uh, Romain Grosjean smashing into each other, and uh, yeah, he was he was distraught. That was uh, that was, he some, was some great fanatical motorsport watching action. Uh, he um, 
he's right into it and he does follow Scotty Mac uh, big time. So, you know, there, there wouldn't be a week that goes by that he doesn't mention Scott in some sort of way. Um, you know, so we're watching the race yesterday and uh, I knew what was coming up because I'd seen, you know, some of the Instagram stuff and I knew he was going to crash and whatever. I was trying to get, get it on camera, but Oscar was obviously unaware of it. And he just got really caught up in the moment and he was so disappointed and bummed out that Scott come together with um, Grosjean and he was out of the race, out of contention for the win. But then he very quickly moved on and started supporting Will Power uh, <laughs> within about three seconds. So, uh, no, he's uh, getting right into it and it's good to see that, um, you know, he's uh, supporting Scotty Mack like we all do. Yeah, cool. No, very good. Glad to hear that he's uh, supporting the uh, Australasian drivers and, um yeah, glad to hear for you and your dad that you've absolutely converted your eldest son into a motorsport <laughs> fan and it's going to be a very expensive next 25 years for you. Yes, it will. It will. It definitely will. But um, as my dad said to me, I did it for you, so <laughs> you can do it for Oscar. So there you go. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Cool, good mate. Times. Okay. Good well, you uh, you go and enjoy the uh, Newcastle race this weekend. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Parked Up. You'll hear more Parked Up on Monday with Mark Fogarty. That's Parked Up Plus. Heaps more podcasts from the Network R stable of podcasts with the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast and the Girls on the Grid also churning them out. My name is Grant Rowley. That was Tony D'Alberto. Enjoy the first round of the Repco Supercars Championship. See you guys. You've just listened to another Network R production.